Welcome, fellow human, to the Disorganized Productions Podcast. The show that fuels your spirit, ignites your potential, and helps you become the best version of yourself. I'm your host, Rob, and each episode will embark you on a journey to unlock the power within you, tap into your limitless potential, and conquer life's challenges. Hey, fellow human. Thank you for uh, listening to my podcast. I would really appreciate it if you uh, give uh, give me five stars. It would be great if you uh, could do that and uh, share it with your friends and family. Um, there are a few things I want to talk to you about. Um, I got a merchandise store on Linktree, which is called the Disorganized uh, Productions Shop. And, um, of course, big, big shout out to my brothers at the Firmamental Podcast, the Firmamentalpodcast.com. Uh, these are my, uh, brothers in, in love, not in crime, but in love. And, uh, you can also, um, get there the, uh, reservation for the Scipio Iriditis book, Anatoy of a Revolution, um, for the pre-order. Um, so yeah, without any uh, further ado, have uh, fun and enjoy this podcast and thanks for tuning in. Oh man, right. great to have you, man. Thanks for harping on so soon on Disorganized Productions. Yeah, my pleasure, brother. My pleasure, man. What's the name, man? I didn't catch your name. Uh, my name is Rob. Rob. Right on, Rob. Happy to be here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to introduce you uh, to the to the audience, and then we're going to have a great chat for about one hour about that. Um, ladies and gentlemen, fellow humans on Disorganized Productions, today we have a special guest. He's the Canadian Viking, proud father of a daughter. He's a life coach, a truth seeker, a social media influencer, a public speaker, he stood up for the Canadians at the Freedom Convoy, and he turned out overnight famous through a post that turned into a meme. He has also a podcast, The Best Way to Break Free, which is also his website, uh, as I believe. And his quote there is, the best way to feel free is to feel whole. Loving yourself and others fully with an open heart, living in the moment with your highest calling. Welcome to Disorganized Productions, Sean Zimmer. Hey, thanks for having me, Rob. <laughs> Appreciate the intro, brother. I'm happy to be here. Hopefully we uh, share some words that are of value to your listeners here. Absolutely. Now, first of all, I want to congratulate you to the uh, civil lawsuit that you filed in with uh, with others for Justin Trudeau and Cynthia Freeland. That's a big, uh, a big, tremendous step into, let's say, um, uh, into some positive things, except the last few years that uh, we caught up, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the civil lawsuit with Trudeau, Christian Freeland. There's a bunch of members in the Attorney General's Office of Canada that were taken to court all the banks who froze the accounts and a few other individuals that were involved with pushing those measures with the Emergencies Act. So 
Yeah, no matter what comes out of that, it's a win. It already has been bringing more awareness, helping more people wake up to what's going on. And those who, you know, have been turning a blind eye to it, they're getting drawn to things. They see, okay, it was just recently ruled that it was unjustified, unconstitutional, unlawful. And if the case is not successful in court, well, that'll stir a lot more people seeing just how far the justice system has fallen. So, mm. yeah, we back that a lot, and I see a lot of wins no matter what with it, which is a message I like to share is not long ago, I I was in the position, the mindset that it is a waste of time playing in their system, their broken system, and just wasting money and wasting time. But I had a, that higher calling you just spoke about that I help people connect with, tell me to think otherwise and take a different perspective, which opened my eyes to really how the win comes from no matter what comes out of it, no matter what the decision is successful mm. in court. And justice for all. Yeah, yeah, justice for all. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll <hopefully>. see. <laughs> Ideally, um, we'll see some justice uh, and accountability hot in court, and this will set the proceedings for future court cases to be filed with the state of emergency and everybody who lost their jobs, closed their businesses, you know, all the health injuries, everything that came with it, right? mentally, physically, and, uh, but if there is no justice, regardless, it's waking people up, it's uniting people, growing people that we will take a stand and that we do have support. There are actually lawyers who will push back and yeah, ideally justice would be great, you know, having them held accountable, not only paying out of their pockets, but as well, preferably imprisoned. We'll see if that ever happens, but, and then yeah. the, uh, or is you flee to a cabin like you did before. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, there's some fairly decent, uh, payouts that will be had if they're, if it's successful in trial or they offer a settlement that the group majority votes on. And, you know, that settlement will be shared publicly and bring more awareness that there was some degree of justice and hmm. you know, the people who have been turning a blind eye to things will stir and wake from that as most likely it won't come out of their pockets with Justin Trudeau and all that, it'll come from the government somewhere. So now it's affecting people's pocketbooks. They might say, hey, enough's enough of this government overreach. No, next time they try to pull some stuff like this, right? And mm. uh, and then as well, the money being paid out, if that does uh, come to fruition, it's going to be going to leaders in the freedom community that'll be doing a lot of good with it. So I think that's probably one of the best places are, well, those who pay taxes, uh, their tax dollars will go to. Exactly. Exact, uh, exactly. And a unified, that's one of the things that that's popping up in your program and all the stuff that you do. Uh, because alone you can go far, but with others around you with the same message and the same voice, that brings us real farther, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the number one message I've been getting since the uh, you know whole shit show in what was it, 2020 has been uh, build community, bring people together, build community, love thy neighbor as yourself, and... Uh, you know, at first I, I did really well with the building community, not so much with the loving your neighbor as yourself with the anger I had at the beginning that I know many people resonate with, you know, pointing the finger at others, saying they're enabling, you're enabling all this. It would stop if, if you stopped and getting angry and really not, not really taking the best approach um, on many fronts. And, you know, specifically, if you think about, we're trying to help people wake up to what's going on. Well, you know, think about it like sales. If you're just barking at, yelling at somebody, you know, people don't want to be sold, let alone being yelled at. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> how can I feather in this information and lead the example that people are going to be attracted to, drawn to, to start asking questions and help them along that awakening process? And, you know, anybody who's been in it for a while, we know there's stages of that, right? And 
our body's uh, nervous system and our mind gets attached to the familiar, the known. And mm. we're very hesitant to push into the unknown, the unfamiliar, right? You, you see that when you're trying to, somebody's trying to get into an exercise routine, eating healthy, go for that new job, you know, into a new relationship. We're very hesitant. It, it signals us that it doesn't feel right, but what it's really signaling us, our body is really signaling that it, it feels unfamiliar. So when we know that about the body, well, take that to the greater degree when you're trying to dangle a carrot in front of somebody's face that's pretty well saying their whole reality is false. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you're going to be quite hesitant from it, right? So if we, uh, I, I, I shifted in perspective and I'm, the biggest thing that helped me with that was a divine intervention. Uh, you know, whatever your beliefs are, I'm a big believer in God and I'm not, you know, even held on using that name, um, but there is a creator a divine force that is guiding us continuously. And I think that is part of the spiritual attack we see on consciousness these days to poison us and get us mm-hmm. disconnected from that, not treating the body as the holy temple. So we have a clear connection, clear receiving that guidance clearly so we can answer our highest calling and get past all the obstacles. And that calling came to me one day, it's come to me many times and said, Hey, stop getting angry. Stop. Huh. Oh, there's a place for controlled anger to fuel it. And, and, but, you need to lead like a lighthouse, lead by example, and understand those that finger you're pointing to people. They're not enabling. I am. I'm mm-hmm. in control. I'm in control of all of this, and there's a reason for all of it. And everybody has their own journey here. Yes, I want you to help people come to the truth that you've been showing so far, as we all really only know a partial truth <laughs> to the greater, <laughs> greater expanse of what this whole world really is. And to uh, respect their journey, though, and really love them as yourself. And yeah. uh, that's been quite the journey going uh, on whatever talking thing about journey sean uh what was your wake-up journey because uh you pointed out in, in few instagram posts and also on, on the podcast that you do and the podcast that i'll listen to with you on it uh there was quite some abuse of alcohol and drugs in the early mm-hmm. days but what was this um wake-up time because i think everyone who struggled with uh with these kinds of addictions because we have of course a big well, there are a lot of addictions where people can get addicted to, but what was your wake-up call? Yeah, well, you know, I, I was a very troubled youth. I went through uh, in and out of the system, you know, got caught for Grand Theft Auto when I was 17 years old. Was given a second break by a detective, which I know was the hand of God now after the first intervention I had, showing uh, it came through and I was offered, you know, excuse me, to face five years in prison or moved to a different province to Winnipeg within 48 hours. And I took this, took the second option. And, um, when I moved to Winnipeg, that's where my dad had moved a few years prior. I hadn't been talking to him for a few years and wound up in Winnipeg. He's into fitness, exercise, nutrition, coaching people. And I started following under his, his example, got into fitness and certified as a trainer at 18 and was still very troubled though. I had a lot of pain inside and I didn't even understand what it was all about. I didn't have any empathy. I remember as a young trainer, you know, people who were out of shape, you know, just destroying their bodies. I had no sympathy for them, um, which the trials and tribulations of life that I've gone through since have greatly helped me with that. And that is one thing I'll point out with everybody, you know, like all the things back up to the court date and everything, like all the challenges you face. And even if the court date, the court case is a, is a total failure in court in terms of success, having it gone through, I truly believe I have faith that everything is a stepping stone for the final win, the final victory, if we can surrender it calling and, and you know face these challenges and have that perspective and look for the good and everything 
And uh, so as I entered the career of personal training and uh, doing group fitness classes as well, I, I was still abusing alcohol, marijuana, sex, pornography. I shortly after started my landscape construction business and did both along the side at the same time. And, but I grew a big passion for helping people with fitness. I really enjoyed it. And uh, as I was going through that process, I realized, you know, I started waking up to just the damaging effects of these substances that I was using and started realizing as well, the people who would come to me with fitness would, you know, it didn't matter how tailored my plans were, how available I was, how compassionate I started beginning to be. They would still often, even if they hit their, often they would hit their goals in fitness, but then I would hear from them how they were all of a sudden self-sabotaging another area, whether their relationships, their work, they couldn't lift all areas up. If one area lifted up, it seemed that they would just have this hidden force that would cut them down in another area. And that's what started leading me down the road to understanding more of psychology, the tribal mind, and why we do what we do, the unconscious, subconscious behaviors that we have, the programs. And uh, in that process, I was doing the same self-sabotaging, and it took uh, destroying two relationships, intimate relationships I had where I pretty well just pulled the grenade pin and threw it right in front of us and blew it up when I didn't really want that consciously mm-hmm. to, and I'm like, why am I doing this? And that's when I understood I had some serious pain from my upbringing about my father moving to the different province that he moved to. And, you know, just a lot of different experiences that I had growing up as many of us have some pretty trying ones we've gone through. And that is what started waking me up to just the effects of that and really the story we tell ourselves, the victim mindset that we have, even if you don't really identify as a victim and aren't really speaking it, we often, if you're, you know, if you're not, you're not forgiving others, that's really just choosing to be a victim, right? Holding on to that, uh, expecting someone else to act a certain way and being upset when they didn't doesn't mean what they did wasn't wrong and wasn't in the best interest of everybody, but still it's your choice to hold on to that. So that's what led me down the path of diving deep and starting to do you know trauma release we can really say and and healing that and then in that journey i started understanding a little bit more of psychology started working under some luminaries like tony robbins joe dispenza you know bruce lipton jason christoph um, that's when i really started coming to the tribal mind at that point many others and um started looking at societal programming and just how this place is designed to prey on the way our minds are designed to survive as tribal beings to fit in so we can survive and thrive which did serve us once upon a time when we lived in a healthy tribe but now it's been preyed on to have us adopt these behaviors you know from repetitive programming repetitive advertisements visually and audibly and started diving into that and started removing these addictions eating health self-fulfilling prophecy right yeah, well, everything you say to yourself will be uh, mirrored back to you, even if you feel down or whatever, or you're feeling uh, just like you said with some trauma that you say I'm not good enough. If you constantly repeat that, or you give others to blame, uh, there's a program running in the background that makes you well not directly aware of it, but it's going to affect your life, right? Ab- absolutely, yeah, it absolutely will we'll continue to draw in what we. Are creating space for right and that's you know that goes back to you know, when i touch base on like helping others awake right if we are labeling others as asleep as sheep as many people call them and just angry you know not just with our our thoughts and our feelings and our words but our body language and the tone of our voice we're not creating space for the change we wish to see we're not helping them really have that space opened up for them to create right we're very powerful beings uh, our minds body spirit and all together it uh we really get those aligned and use them to our advantage and you know 
those limiting beliefs, gain faith and let go of the victim mindset, heal the pain. It's wild the drastic change we can make. And so directly to your question, I, I'd always um, felt that there was something wrong with this world, this system. Um, obviously in trouble with the law, I was never a fan of the authority. <laughs> um, you know, I've spent, uh, I've been in the slammer a few times, um, nothing too long, but in and out of the system quite a bit. Um, and speaking on God, um, I never gave it time to really, you know, I was always pushed off from religion. Um, I grew up in a Roman Catholic school. I didn't, my, my parents weren't religious, but we had religion class in, in school every day. And then we went to church every Friday with school. And I was always pushed off from it. I, I always felt it was very fear-based, very dividing, judging, never, never sat well with me. So I just was pushed off from it. And always in the back of my mind, I was like, yeah, I think there's something, mm-hmm. you know, like there's something, but I'm too busy at this time, stuck in the societal programming on the materialism, building my business to even give it time uh-huh. until... Uh, five years ago, I had a divine intervention where God, if you want to call it that, came to me and said, hey, I've been here your whole life and you're right where you're supposed to be. And at this time, I had transitioned from fitness training to life coaching as I started understanding all these different things and started healing my pain and understanding the societal programming and helping people with their addictions, their relationships, their business, you know, whatever it was that they're trying to overcome and achieve. And uh, when this divine intervention happened, it changed my life that day, just completely changed and uh, I was at that time just guided to keep doing what I'm doing. I've been given a strong voice for a reason, a, a life path that has made me a little rougher around the edges than many, but I have a very similar message to all these messengers and to uh, share it in, in my way, my perspective, and help mm-hmm. people heal and rise. And, uh, you know, I know you can't get behind the religious text. That's okay. I'll keep guiding you. And um, so at this point, I still wasn't awake to the real government corruption other than the, the toxins that are being sold to us, of course, and profit up over us. So obviously I was aware at this point that, you know, profits were very much um, more important to controlling powers than, than health, but wasn't in the understanding of really the, us really being cattle being harvested in winning ways you could put it that for lack of better terms. Mm-hmm. And uh, COVID woke me up to that when COVID came. I had that guiding force tell me inside just briefly, I was working on my programs and writing a book and really just blocked away from the world, very isolated, very lone wolf type man at that point in my life. But when it happened, when the announcement came out, I just had a sitting feeling that said, that's not right. But I didn't think anybody would listen. So I just got back to work and continued on. And then uh, I realized people were listening very quickly and I saw my man Ian Smith stateside opening up his gym and taking a stand against authority and I wishing at that point that I had a storefront that I could open up and just show people like you can take a stand and uh, this is what really started waking me up to the government corruption and then when they said you couldn't have more than one person over at your home it clicked I felt the guiding force say hey man you used to teach boot camps I got this big big yard on one of the busiest streets in Winnipeg where I live and it actually is right beside a big parking lot that is above above grade so the police can look into my yard so we have a perfect place to take a public stand let alone the parking space for people and uh so that's when i made the call to uh i I felt guided put all your business aside and offer four free fitness classes a week and continue listening for guidance from there so that's what started waking me up when i did that really building community and that was always the message build community bring people together give them a place of sanity speak the truth that you know and help them rise together, help all of you rise together. Mm-hmm. So 
Yeah, that'd be a long-winded answer to your question on uh, on Richard Cross. <laughs> Good. Yeah, great. True. Did you when I saw? Sorry. When I saw your videos, um, and also about when you talked about it on the podcast with uh, all the people coming in, and uh, you know what the government is saying is is probably bullshit, and we're gonna be uh, united as one, and we're gonna take care of each other because it's a very sharing community. You did kids school, you did for, and and now the program, as I just see now the program, it's so huge. Uh, it it came from step to step. It this it's your your personal journey, you know, about, okay, uh, I'm a personal coach, or then you go into nutrition, then you figure out, wait a minute, there's something going on with myself. And when I don't solve these problems first, I can't uh, make other people happy or aware of that because it's still a struggle inside of me. So uh, nutrition, uh, addiction, addiction is a big one that that's uh, that's come popping up in, in, in your uh, coaching programs. And with the community that you built is a community that really took care of each other because you eventually opened your house for the kids to to have their uh, own space and to do their stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. So we, when I made the first call to do the four free fitness classes a week, you know, I put a call on my Instagram and I said, hey, it doesn't matter what you're being told, come here four days a week, totally free, come on down. And people came very quickly. So did the police. And they tried to intimidate me and shut down. And I held my ground, which I did very publicly and, and blasted it all over, which just inspired so many people. So a lot of people came together. And then I felt the calling, open up a weekly kids boot camp. We called it Junior Patriots, with uh, which eventually turned into Patriots Academy. And then I had a couple more leaders sent to me that came to the boot camps. And I put one of them in charge of doing a yoga class here every Friday. And then another in charge of doing a Monday night Muay Thai class. And then uh, I felt a call to do the bi-weekly Freedom Fire, as we called it, where we had these big bashes. So at this point, my whole home and yard has been turned into a community center. Wow. And the police continuously trying to shut us down. And nope, not happening. So it just fueled more people like, wow, we can actually come out to this space, you know, connect with like-minded people, find sanity, work, focus on our health, and as well, get some encouragement and motivation watching this man tell the police to F off. And just realizing that we can do that because they, you know, they, they were just scratching their heads. Well, what do we do? Well, I just told them, I guess you better get busy writing tickets because I'm not stopping. And yeah, to answer your question. So when it came to wintertime after that, you know, we did, well, we have so much, like we, we did dance classes, karaoke nights, you know, we had an event every day. Actually, when the, when the freedom fire started, I had a lot of people come like, ah, but wanting to come out. Your, your boot camps look so intimidating. Like I was very aggressive, like just barking at people, yelling at them. Um, so I said, okay, well, let's start a weekly bike ride, you know, not intimidating. So we did that. We had an event every day. And uh, by the end of the summer, our, the yard was just destroyed, which was great. Well, worthwhile investment. And uh, winter winter came. And uh, I was like, oh, okay, you know, what do we need to do for winter? Well, at this point, there's rinks all over. And like I thought, maybe I should put a rink in. And then that's when the passport got pushed in. And I said, okay all right, we're doing a winter wonderland. And then as well, the kids couldn't have any um, extracurricular activities to go to, you know, the normal sporting events and all that for parents who weren't getting behind all the BS. So I said, all right, well, even though I got a really small home, it's like 1,200 square feet, I removed my furniture from upstairs, you know, dining room table, got rid of it, put out uh, foldable tables and said, okay, so in this small little home, I think we can cram in 40 kids. We'll do classes Monday to Friday, different age groups every day or two days a week for each age group. And what we'll do is, you know, I know a little bit of Muay Thai. We'll do, we'll take about 15 kids downstairs, 
for half hour and do Muay Thai with them. And then upstairs, we'll sit 15 on this side of the table doing creative play, depending on their age. We had some of the educators, like you said, community. We all started coming together. So I had a lot of people come in to start helping. They were teaching the kids, doing different stuff, you know, like animal tracking, foraging, like lots of different stuff. Wow. And then the, the other side of the table, depending on the age, we did games night or for the little kids, they were just doing like Play-Doh and stuff. And uh, then we swapped every half hour. So rotate. And it was just, now so we ended up having, having 50 kids most nights um, to that. And uh, it was such a beautiful thing. Absolutely beautiful. Um, so fulfilling and just hearing from everybody. But it was a lot of weight as well, you know, in this process. I actually started drinking again. I had everybody coming to me with their problems. You know, I, was a, I, I took that leadership role in the community. And I went from being a lone wolf, maybe one person over a month, to having upwards sometimes of a thousand people through this house in a week and uh, and most people especially parents were sharing just their despair and just all their pain especially as their children most most often those going to university who were awake but still got in line because they weren't ready to give up what they were going through right and i do truthfully believe that's where that faith comes in and understanding like we were all given an option right many people not everybody but most people were given an option to Hold on to the life that you have designed in this world, which is most often not even your true desires. It's from the societal programming on what you've been told that you want so you can fit in and, you know, collect the different materialistic objects and hopefully experience the world as well. Or you can, you know, let go of that and, and follow this calling. And just that mean that might mean, you know, letting go of your job that you went to school for five years and invested a hundred grand into you might have to let go of your house. You might have to let go of your friends and family and start all new. And, but, you know, I answer this calling and unfortunately for a lot of people, unfortunately for a lot of people listen, but a lot of people don't. And we still don't. Many people still don't, right? That, that calling is always there. We're always being guided to our higher calling, but yeah. we can, we can see all the steps that we've built to achieve the life we think we want based on what we've seen other people do. And that higher calling, call it God if you want, is, you know, guiding you this way and showing you one step can't see what's after and often that step looks insignificant or our biggest fear looks like total shit a total downgrade right yeah, but yeah. i know a lot of people and probably listen to your podcast considering the conversation we're having listen to that calling and beautiful things come out of it you know and some people haven't reaped the whole harvest of that yet and seeing just how beautiful that is i i know for sure um at least deep down many people are still shrouded in this with the pain of pointing the finger but it is creating always all these hard challenges we go through more empathy understanding and compassion for other people which allows us to hold more space and make a bigger change make more ripple effects right mm -hmm. so so yeah so the kids classes we did the rink the winter wonderland just beautiful you know we did so many events like um all the holidays we had big events you know when they had the vax passport or vax uh, vaccine days at school we did a we, we drew up a, a letter you know, a, a graphic for all the t all the parents who wanted to get involved to send to their school and say, our kid's not coming to school today because they're attending this, which was a max free day for kids. So we did big party <laughs> every day for that. And just to get the awareness out, like, hey, like letting people know we're we're not for it and we're, we're taking a stand and we're not just going to get in line or just, you know, turn a blind eye. And uh, yeah, and then at that point, um, whatever, halfway through winter, the Ottawa Freedom Convoy um, started and so I put a couple uh, of the educators, the, the the parents that were involved with the kids' classes in charge have taken uh, a hold of the fort while I took off for the entire time pretty well for that. 
Huh. And, you know, of course, it goes on and on and on. But I'll leave it at that. I'll let you uh, jump in on something and we can uh, continue to unpack that or hit a different direction. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, and there's a tremendous uh, journey that you had. And, and I totally agree with you. You always have a choice. And every choice that you make has a, has a consequence. And most of the time we can see up front what the consequences are. But we are very stuck in this, in this belief system that uh, we do the same things and we have a different come out, <laughs> which is not going to be true. You know, when there's no friction, there will be no energy. So that's why I always say to, to uh, the people that I coach, if, if you feel friction, then you're on the right path. Because when you do the things without friction, there will be no energy. And uh, that's that's one of the, 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 the great things. But what I want to uh, uh, deep dive into with Sean is uh, I can imagine how much love and energy that was going on on this uh, on this backyard of yours with the children and with everyone involved, and then when the police is coming knocking on your door, uh, and especially when you told me about a little bit about your past, you know, with the anger and stuff like that, how uh, was it uh, a positive one that you that you or the positive and negative is very, very hard to, to see here or very, very easy to see here, right? The, the positive things that you do for the community and then, the, yeah, the, the negative things from, from the outside, from the government, from the police and stuff like that. How, how did your system work with that? Because I can believe it's quite sucking from both sides, right? Yeah. 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 I can, I can understand your perspective. For me, it was, uh, it was, it was a big plus, a big win actually having the space to do that because I had decided, as I said, from day one, I'd be very public. Um, so I took that public stand and when the police came, it was, it was perfect because they, they wouldn't knock at the door. They would come and just look over the yard because that parking lot was higher and great. So they could see everybody. And so I took my phone, put it right in their face. And at this time I was, I was, I, I wasn't very polite with my words. I'm not like I was in Ottawa with the police there. Um, as I made a transition, I had another divine intervention at one point, which I can you know share on that. What changed really my helped me change my perspective even more. Um, I, uh, you know, when they came, it was uh, it was it was a great great uh, catalyst just to help more people. I remember one time we had uh, you know probably 300 people in the backyard on one of the parties and. Uh, you know, the music was just blasting. Um, now at this point I really didn't have, I don't want to say I didn't have respect for the neighbors, but it was a, it was a worthwhile, um, inconvenience for them to pay for of us having very loud music to, to just make it clear on what we're doing and why we're doing. And so one mm-hmm. time to come there, I think at this point in time, the restrictions opened up to where you could have 20 people or 10 people over in your yard. Um, and so they came and, you know, they've already come probably six times at this point and we're trying always to say, you know, you have too many people and knew I didn't care. So this time they tried to come with the noise complaints and, um, I knew that wasn't, you know, why they were there. If we had the noise down, it would be the same case. Right. So I, 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 we had a DJ there, music was just blasting like professional stereo equipment and just pumping. And, uh, they're trying to talk to me over the fence. And I'm just like, what? I can't hear you. I can't hear you <laughs> right beside the DJ booth. And I said, oh, you know, well, one sec. So I go and I, I say, DJ, turn it down. And I, jump on the deck and get on the microphone and just tell the whole party, you know, exactly what I just said. Like these police aren't here because of the music. They're here because you're connected and we're taking a stand together and know that, Oh, I appreciate you. And we're 
all here together. And no matter what happens, if they did have grounds to arrest me, this still continues. There's people here who have keys to the house. This continues. All right. So don't worry if you see me get taken off and cuffs at any time. Learn, you know, take take action on what you've learned here and keep bringing people together. And then I said, DJ, turn it back up. And then I went back to the police. I'm like, hey, what? <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I was a little arrogant and cocky in many ways when I was doing it, but I used that to my advantage. And it just really inspired people, you know, just how bluntly I took that stand. So with the police coming in, it was, I always use it as, as a, you know, a good thing. But most definitely, I still got my nerves up. And, you know, it was, uh, it was still... It, it was still definitely, you know, raising my heart rate, we'll see. And, uh, and imagine yeah. That. And then of course there's a lot of dealings with the police when we got to Ottawa and, uh, and yeah, there was different events that happened that, you know, ended me back up in the slammer. Um, that was a wake up call when I had, as I said, I started drinking again, which, uh, really didn't realize that I was using that to escape, um, uh, because of the pressure I felt from everybody until I, uh, I started realizing it and, you know, everybody's weighing on me, all these people, I'm not used to it. And just how many people are coming to me for problems. You know, I'm not just coaching 10, 20 people online anymore. I've got hundreds coming through my home and looking at me and contacting me all the time, sharing all the horror stories, you know, family members dying or whatever's going on, kids getting behind everything and just not knowing what to do. So I woke up to that. I said, all right, now it's time to you gotta button that up and remove the alcohol and then right in that process where i still didn't fully go and, and remove it i had a hater come around the house and uh, i lost my cool on him um you know if i wasn't drinking i i would have just walked away but i didn't and i ended up putting him in the hospital which uh was a, a big weight hanging over my head for a year and a half as we went to court for that as they were wanting well, he was he was claiming attempted murder pretty well and they were trying to put me in in, in the slammer for at least a year and uh so that was the final kind of nail in the coffin realizing hey you know especially where you're standing now you already know alcohol is is destroying you and anybody else but more so the position that you've answered to to come into it doesn't have a place in your life you need to remove it completely so that was a big help um i know that was a test for me at that time you know there's a lesson either way whether i won it or i didn't it's a Mm -hmm. test to to show my true strength on on resisting there was no need to put the guy in the hospital you know i could have just walked away and that would have been a much better display of strength and uh but i failed on that but i uh, succeeded on the lesson that came after and one of the biggest ones with that was uh well obviously letting go of alcohol but as well surrendering surrendering to the fact when i was going to the the courthouse on on the sentencing days which there's a few of them as it got pushed back and surrendering to letting go of the fear of you know going to jail being away from my family having the house all that and just surrendering to the fact i'm in god's hands and if that's where i'm going that's where i'm meant to be i'll help people inside and i finally hit that point where it was just beautiful i i was just released to it so that was a, a huge catalyst to achieve that greater height of surrender and, and forgiveness mm-hmm. and let go to the divine plan and and this is something that um i can really relate to because i had a alcohol problem too it it really uh uh, took me almost out three times. And, uh, you know, there's something that I always say to myself just to make it less harder to fight it is, uh, I won't say I never ever going to drink again, but the way I'm going to do it and the way in the perspective that I'm going to put it, like drinking a beer with some friends is okay. But the way that I did it in the early days, just like, you know, tanking and just drinking until you drop, uh, just get wasted. That's something that I really can't relate to anymore. And the same thing with drugs. I know what the drugs do. I did some uh, psychedelics, and and they were really 
pushing me up to a next level because they, I got some insights and stuff like that. Um, but what's your perception about that? Because I know you're dealing with some some stuff that I also deal, dealt with. Is it something that you say, I will never ever again be hard on yourself? Or would you say, okay, maybe occasionally I will do that, but I know I'm aware of what kind of person and what the consequences could be when I drink again? Mm, yeah, for me, alcohol doesn't serve a place in my life again. I've, I've decided on that. It, uh, I've had some deep meditation and thought on it, and it, uh, I just don't see the the benefit. And as well, just knowing my in my history, my past, and just how much weight I have on me always, even when I you know achieve the goals I have, I'm always striving for so much more, and I'm always putting so much weight on me. So I know just that desire is very easy to ignite to escape. Um, flame of fire that I don't want to be walking through. So I've decided to remove it completely. I, I have no, you know, no issue with anybody who can consciously utilize alcohol. It's obviously not healthy no matter what. It's ethanol, right? It's destroying your body. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It saturates your brain, right? Breaks right through the barrier. So we know it's not doing us any good. You can't really describe it as healthy, but um, if somebody can consciously enjoy a little bit here and there, I, I got no, you know, nothing to pick balls with them on that. Uh, marijuana I removed uh, almost two years ago. I, I felt the college for that. I don't I don't have a hate on marijuana. There's a lot of people who use it consciously, and I know it can be of great benefit, but most people are using it to escape, which is the degree that I got to, so I wasn't consciously using it anymore, and I kept proving to myself it was, you know, uh, I'm often just a man who's either in or out, right? So for me, it's just, uh, you know, a safe bet to just keep that away. As for psychedelics, I'm a big fan of psychedelics. I'm, I'm utilizing for spiritual connection. I don't, you know, as I say that, I don't recommend them for everybody, but they have been a huge catalyst for my growth mm-hmm. in life, connecting to God and, and opening up my heart and doing a lot of what I've done, you know, originally connecting to the divine. That's what was used. Um, I've moved away from needing that to have that connection the same way, but I, I am still a fan. I mm-hmm. still, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm big on, uh, on you know going on a plant medicine journey from time to time on a solo journey though um you know not already seen or anything like that but more all right let's meditate let's let's dive deep let's kind of break down the veil see what's there and and discern what you're showing with that so that's where i'm at on all that and uh you know other other drugs obviously hard drugs and whatnot i've had issues with in the past many years ago i and it doesn't serve a place in my life at all Mm, exactly and the, the the funny thing is, I think you can really relate if you do the uh, uh, the life coaching, the workouts. Uh, with that comes a lot of other things, right? Like um, um, the uh, uh, the perspective of what is real food, what is mm-hmm. real water, breathing. I saw your uh, Instagram with uh, uh, with with your daughter on an ice bath. Did you like oh, seven yeah. degrees? Uh, you know, mm-hmm. she she just. Well, she jumped in. That's that. First of all, that's wow, you know, and she jumped out just like that. But um, I think with that journey that you took and with the things that you did for you, especially for yourself, but also for the others, uh, new tasks come and new paths are there to be uh, discovered, right? Because it's not just like okay, I'm going to quit with this, so I'm fine. You know, you mm-hmm. got to exercise, you got to do your br- br- breathing. You be aware about the food that you eat. Be aware of the water that you drink because even if you have a very healthy uh, life, poison is everywhere around us. If if they're not going to spray us, they're going to put it in our drinking supplies. They're going to put it in our food and stuff like that. So um, 
what what does it um what does it what did it take for you to get more and more into these paths of of health yeah yeah absolutely it's uh you know it's attack on all fronts and the more i i began understanding the the tribal mind and the difference between our prefrontal cortex and limbic system many years ago i started understanding you know the limbic system attached more to our stress response system um so as your you know limbic system can be referred to as your emotional response center your impulsive response center which um, is a stress response and serves us in certain aspects especially once upon a time when we're getting chased by an animal in the woods or something right and uh, we have the same stress response though um, all over so whether you're getting chased by an animal and you need your body to turn different systems off and you know pump blood and energy in other areas to fight or flight and uh, it's the same little response from that to absorbing toxins whether in your food your water the stuff you put on your skin right the the cologne or perfume you use slow on the toxins in there but also endocrine disrupting chemicals that throw off your hormones right so i i started waking up as i started diving more into psychology and understanding the mind and just how important that was yeah like probably seven years ago i would have laughed if uh if i you know, i would have laughed at people who ate organic <laughs> right just a joke and like you know total waste and just silly but started waking up to it and then as i and it's something I talk to with, with many and different spiritual teachers. And, you know, one of my buddies who's in Ayurveda healing Chinese medicine and in terms of the spiritual path, it is very common from their understanding and what I've experienced. The more we connect spiritually, the more we answer that call, the more we treat this body as the holy temple, the more it, it rejects different things. So when I woke up to COVID is when I woke up to the water. Um, I had people in the community notice I was still drinking tap water and they're like, what are you doing? Um, so, and I was at that time drinking a gallon a day, doing 75 hard all the time too. So, um, remove that. And then as I started eating healthier, organic, I, all of a sudden I, my body rejected red meat. I couldn't eat red meat. It would, it would just destroy me the next day. And I was, you could say in, in a way I was heartbroken because I love my red meat. I was like, I guess I can't eat red meat anymore until one of the community members said, well, have you tried eating, you know, locally sourced, you know, humanely raised, no injections or hormones or antibiotics, grass-fed meat? I said, no. So I went to a local farmer, got some meat, and I could eat red meat all day, like five, six times a day, and it doesn't bother me. So that started waking me up just to how much these toxins and you know, cancerous living um, conditions the animals go through that actually affect us. And and when I came across, you know, studies on water, when you look at what intentions actually do, how powerful that is, if anybody hasn't watched The Secret of Water, I highly suggest that, you know, it just shows proof on actually the intentions inside water, which I believe is with everything. Um, mm-hmm. They've just been able to document it with water. But even if it was just with water, how much is everything made of water, right? So that opened my eyes just to the impact of not only, you know, all the stuff they're injecting and spraying on stuff, but as well, the intentions um, and how important that is. Um, so one by one, start removing things and, you know, the cologne, the, all the different house supplies, cleaning supplies, um, you know, understanding just our skin is our biggest organ, right? And how much we absorb through that. So get the shower filter on there. And um, yeah, so that's why I've, it's, it can be quite overwhelming for a lot of people, right? So that's why in my online community, we have a step-by-step process challenge series on freeing yourself from toxins and low vibrations, I call it. So you can go just one one thing at a time and, and and understand why. And then here's the replacements, right? Like look mm-hmm. in the canola oil, right? It's in everything. What is canola oil? It's Canada oil. That's what it actually means. Canadian oil. And it was uh, 
you know, modified um, after World War II, it was used as an engine lubricant, um, widely used. And uh, but that's what boomed the industry in Canada because it was very much needed for World War II. And then after the war, we had all these fields and it's going to waste. And what can we do? So they modified it. it used to be rapeseed oil and uh, modified it to canola oil, Canadian-made oil, to make it edible, quote-unquote, and put it in everything, right? And you look at the stats of heart diseases and all the different diseases since that time, it's just wild, right? So anybody listening that's looking at how can I, you know, what's one thing I could do or a couple things I could do? My first steps are always, well, water, get healthy water, and and, and all this water you're putting on your skin. Um, obviously, you know, remove the refined sugars. Just go, if you want something sweet, go to fruits, dates, maple syrup, honey, and uh, and focus on the canola oil. Get away from the seed oil. Not just canola oil, you know, like soy oil, um, sunflower, sunflower. Um, you know, there's a couple more. Dip it all. And I, yeah, which so, is a big, a big one for people, right? Because it's an everything. Well, yeah. Get to real food. I'm healthy because I'm eating oil, right? Yeah, eat real food, you know. Go yeah. with your immediate Get, get locally, and it often is actually cheaper from a local farmer if you go direct and not necessarily at the farmer's market and uh, start getting stuff from the ground and, and make up good dishes. So get away from that stuff. You'll just realize how much better you feel. And that's one of the biggest things to wake up people to this. Like, you know, people are awake to it all and are trying to help other people because we know the more you remove this stuff, the more cognitive function you're going to have, the more you're in your prefrontal cortex, right? Because they all heighten your stress response. Mm-hmm. So now you're in your which isn't only your emotional response center, but it's also attached to listening to authority. To fitting in with the tribe or tribal beings, right? You see a child get born, learns to walk, right? It's following its trip. If everybody just crawled around, the child would crawl, right? And then exactly. it learns to talk. So we continue that mimicking process. That's why advertising works so well and repetitions. Our subconscious mind is scanning upwards of estimated 10 million bits of information per second compared to the conscious mind at 50 bits of information per second. So like almost 10 million times more. Wow. And we're looking for repetitive behaviors to fit in with our tribe so we can survive and thrive. And when you're in this center more, you're more prone to fit it with the tribe so you can survive and thrive because you're not in your prefrontal cortex where you are consciously thinking, willpower, goal setting, and have the confidence to stand on your own. And the tribal mind looks for authority leaders, right? So anybody, that's why, you know, sit down in your home and watch the TV, right? Because we recognize somebody on TV as an authority leader. Somebody in a doctor's coat, we recognize an authority leader, a police officer, a government official, a teacher. Right. So the more we can help people remove these toxins, the less they'll be in that system that is looking to just get in line. And what I was saying and why I opened this part of the conversation is, you know, think about it like a sales dance. Like, how could you get people to buy what you have? Right. It's not going to just be shoving it down their throat. Lead by example. You know, people like to buy from people like them and buy from people who have what they want. So if you're removing seed oils, you know, share just how good you feel, the inflammation that's gone, because it will be gone if you're eating seed oils, your inflammation will be way down. Share how, you know, your cognitive function has just increased so much for removing the shitty tap water. All these things, just gloat about them and and live a healthy life and share it while showing interest in people, genuine interest, mm-hmm. and trying to their triggers, their pain points, whether around, you know, their their pain um, or what they love and just get involved in that, you know, show genuine interest, lead by example. And all of a sudden people want what you have and they'll start removing this stuff. And then in the, in the time of removing it, when all of a sudden somebody's like, oh, I feel so much better after removing canola oil or water, right? Now is a great opportunity to, yeah, did you actually know why that canola oil isn't everything? Like, look at this research, look at this documented history, look at the documented history of water, of fluoride and atrazine and everything else. And that'll start making them question, whoa, why is that being sold and pushed on us? And that'll exactly. start 
that'll start that awakening process so much more easy for a lot of people who are very resistant to it, right? And of course, the the hard-hitting blood facts help a lot of people as well, and planting those seeds is good, but I shifted to taking that approach uh, about a year and a half ago, and it's drastically helped, you know, made drastic changes in those around me, um, family members, because I'm the only member who is awake to everything, um, drastically helped them start realizing, like, holy shit, yeah, these these people, are they're on to something. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And the funny thing is, what you mentioned is, like, uh, I had the same journal, like, eight, Seven, seven years ago, if I would look at people like they have my lifestyle now, I would say, oh, man, those goddamn hippies, you know, with their wooden shoes, with their wool socks and stuff like that, you know, and they smell funny. And guess what? <laughs> I'm one of them now. I need to. I have a word to order for a couple of years. Yeah, I won't touch cologne or anything like that. Yeah, yeah I'm one of them yeah. as well. Yeah, that's the only thing I haven't switched out to is all you know, like high vibe fabrics, like uh, wool or cotton, which if you haven't looked at the studies of that, definitely worthwhile checking into. Um, often the one that just pops up uh, for a lot of people is easily debunked because it's not actually referencing the actual studies. But if you dive deep into it, you can find the actual studies on frequencies and just how mm. the how the fabrics lower our frequencies, let alone the toxins sprayed on them. Like I believe cotton is one of the um, uh, Roundup Ready genetically modified crops. Wow. Right? So more- yeah cotton which has all these poisons in it roundup glyphosate specifically um so yeah wool and linen will uh are healing fabrics they'll yeah they're they're both yeah you they did yeah switch out right they cancel each other out yes yeah. you want to wear them together yeah and uh, apparently that even even goes for like a say a linen shirt and a wool sweater over top apparently they will cancel each other out yeah exactly but but grounding yeah. sun gazing breathing just, just like you know, I, I say it often to people when I say bye. I said, oh, I'll keep on breathing, right? And they, ha, ah, yeah. But I hope that they have this little seed planted just like, what What do you mean with keep on breathing? I always breathe. And at that time, you realize, wait a minute, I always breathe. So it's an automatic process. But you can you can switch that. You know, if you do the Wim Hof, for example, which is a very famous method, of course. But if you just lie down at night and... uh uh, you switch off everything like screens and stuff like that and just lying around and just be aware of your mm-hmm. breathing and just manipulate it a little bit, you know, try to really deep breath from your stomach to your uh, to your lungs and maybe a little bit from your throat, you know, and then have this wave going on and then you feel this um, this very, very nice place where, where suddenly times is not there. You're just mm-hmm. there and aware of your body and when you do that a few times a, a, a week, because, you know, you, you got to get into that process to get familiar to it. Just like meditation. The first time when I meditated, just like, okay, after five minutes, just like, oh, come on, man. <laughs> yeah, on. You know, uh, meditation is one of the biggest ones. And breath work, yeah, like in my community, the online community, we do breath work. Um, we have lots of breath work audios that I have, you know, narrated. And uh, we have we have a call every week, and one call, um, like biweekly, is my coaching call that I do, and I always begin it with Wim Hof. Really big advocate of Wim Hof is such a powerful, and it's one of the best ways to alkalize your body. And then every other week, we have Alyssa Stephenson who does somatic breath work, which is more like what you're talking about, you know, just you know manipulating the breath a little bit and really breathing into your heart space and out and, and getting into your body. Like often, people want to take that edge off and escape and utilize these substances. Or put on the TV when really the, their craving is not only connection with their family, but connection with themselves to get back in their body. But they feel the opposite. They feel like they want to get out of their body, right? Mm-hmm. To get into it. meditation, 
that's one of the biggest ones that I, I suggest to everybody. And it's very, very challenging for most to get into because it, it, it feels that, uh, you know, you're doing the opposite of, of yeah. you know, when you down and it's like, all right, I want to clear my head and now, but I'm sitting down and it's doing the opposite. I'm just focusing on all this bullshit anyway. But if you stick with it, you know, you stick with meditation, all of a sudden you'll hit a point where you can free your mind, <laughs> excuse me, and you'll notice it throughout your day as well. You'll notice that you're just more clear headed. You're, yeah. you're able to just throw thoughts off or, or focus on the ones you want to much more easier. Right. So I tell mm-hmm. people, meditation, if you're listening, just start. Even if you want to start with a guided meditation to get going, that's that's just that'll do just well. The end goal with meditation is, you know, to be able to do it in silence and and not to be stuck in your carnal mind or your body. Hence the whole use of hatha yoga. That's all the whole reason for half of the bodily movement of yoga is to be able to sit in meditation without pain. So you're free from the attachment of that pain. And the end goal being to receive direct guidance from universal consciousness, you know, call it God if you want. And, uh, but at the beginning, like there's no wrong way to meditate. Just putting the time aside, start with five minutes for a, a week or two, and then jump up five minutes every two weeks is what I suggest people do. Yeah. And if, if they have an excuse like time, because time is a big excuse, right? I don't have the time for this time yeah. for that. Throw away your TV set. I mean, if you do that, or, or you be aware that you looking into program programs at uh, the, the, the amount of time that you're going to gather to do stuff like this about breathing, about uh, grounding, meditation, uh, exercise, whatever you want to do, you will be amazed how much time you will have well, how, and you worked out, right? Uh, there's, a, I think, uh, some quote, I can't remember, some yogi, it's like, if you don't have 10 minutes to meditate a day, meditate for an hour a day. And just how much it'll do, right? And you, yeah, your workouts too, right? You start physically exercising. Yeah, you're burning, you know, ATP or energy source to work out, which if you're not in a workout routine, the first couple of weeks is going to kick your ass. You're going to feel drained, but as well, you're going to sleep better, have more restorative sleep because you're building up adenosine, right? When you burn ATP, especially through physical activity, you build up adenosine in the receptors, right? Which is what caffeine actually fills up to block that. So you build up adenosine, give you more restorative sleep. And then over time, you are going to have more energy. You build up not only your energy stores, but your stress threshold as well, right? Mm-hmm. That's like oh, cold water therapy physical exercise you're doing acute stress building up your stress threshold so you can handle more stress in your daily routine and it doesn't defeat you as much as it would if you didn't and of course you know what goes without saying you eat healthy food you're gonna have more energy and feel better and not have your body you know sucking energy fighting all the inflammation and other diseases that you're building up right mm-hmm. yeah you need it all you need it all and it's the same with uh with deodorant or, or odor I, I love to smell you know, when you go to a party and stuff like that, you, you like to smell uh, good, you know, and, and the other days I take some cologne and stuff like that. I still do, but when I wash myself, it's normally with uh, this Aleppo soap, the real uh, or origin soap. There's only uh, olive oil in it and um, uh, almond oil, and that's combined. That's it. And right. uh, I don't use any deodor- deodor- uh, deodorant. I'm just like coconut oil with, uh, 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 what's it called? Um um, baking soda that, that's well, with, it and the funny thing that. is when I used to wear uh, my clothes with uh, normal uh, deodorant I could I could throw them in the in the, in the laundry just like one day because it will sm- smell really funny you know a little bit did uh, this really stung <laughs> and nowadays I my body doesn't smell off, uh, awful but my clothes doesn't smell 
awful either, although I do the same work. It's right. funny how that all works. Yeah. Well, when you start, you know, eating healthy or removing toxins, your body odor is going to be much less deodorant. Uh, yeah, like I said, I stopped. I suggest, you know, cologne, distacologne. If you want to smell nice, sometimes wear a nice essential oil. There's great essential oils that are natural. The thing too with with you know fragrances, like we we have our own, you know, just like our fingerprint, we have our own pheromones, right? And and actually, the mate who is like we are attracted to each other's pheromones, right? So that natural. Yeah. Especially those people who are putting on cologne because you want to smell nice to meet somebody maybe your pheromones are going to actually do much better I, I know there's actually quite an interesting study on blind dating by smelling shirts sweaty shirts oh wow um, yeah there's a blind dating study i think it's been done quite a few times where they the women smell a sweaty like a bunch of sweaty shirts and they pick based off the smell and there's a very high high success rate in successful relationships from that Wow, wasn't wasn't it also did this Russian guy Rasputin or something like like that that uh, uh, was fe- women were just like when he passed by just like whoa and he smelled just like he used to smell, you know he mm. he wasn't covering anything he just smelled like like man you know when he worked out yeah well that's how I smell uh, when exactly. he passed down the street just women just were almost fainted just like oh. That's the that's the one, yeah. Why? Because you are the closest to yourself, right? It's, so it sounds it's, right. You... But if if you have people who like the thing about fragrances, artificial fragrances too, right? They're endocrine disrupting chemicals, so they throw your hormones out balance. So not only are you not sharing your pheromones with with the opposite sex, but as well, you're throwing your hormones out balance. And of course, the heightened estrogen levels from all the toxins, food, and everything. So not everybody is going to necessarily. You know, the, what could be the right woman, if she's consuming all these endocrine disrupting chemicals, her hormones will be off whack and she actually won't be drawn to you when maybe she would have if she had, a, you know, treating this body as the holy temple. So, yeah, I said, put it all and all the household cleaners, all the all the products you're using on your on your body. And be careful, too, if you're listening and haven't done that yet and like, oh, I got to go get some. Like, a lot of these companies call their brand organic this or natural this, and they're not. <laughs> it's in their name. <laughs> Scam. It's like natural, but it's really it's just the name of their brand or the name that they called it. It's not actual natural ingredients. It's one of the yeah little loopholes I, I suppose they're able to get away with. Mm. And that's the same with, with food, right? You got this uh, this green little leaf on a package. Oh, this is biological, blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. If, it, if it's not coming from the ground or from a tree, you know, like an apple or some grapes or stuff like that, you can 100% guarantee that it's been fabric by chemicals. And, you know, you, you got some uh, some yogurts with uh, a strawberry flavor or ice cream, uh, strawberry flavor. Well, there's no strawberry in like 100 miles because mm. it's all chemical processed stuff that smells or tastes like a strawberry. Yeah, well, even, uh, even the real fruit, like it's uh, sprayed with all the toxins, right? Like, it, what's just in the water, like even glyphosate aside, like look at atrazine, right? Studies done on atrazine, which is the most common pollutant in, in North American water and many other places in the world. Studies show that frogs put in atrazine, tadpoles and adult frogs will actually, male frogs will be castrated and develop female anatomy, right? And that's not to say, that's not even touching base on all the estrogen, like high estrogen level chemical in all the waters, right? So <laughs> remove it. And when you look at fruit, Say, oh, yeah, wash it up. No, like, look at fruit. How juicy is it? Where do you think that water comes from? Right? It comes from what's drawn up in the roots and as well from the foliage to some degree. So if they're spraying it with these chemicals, that's mm-hmm. inside. 
fruit you're eating. You're not washing it off. Part of the genetic chem- chemical makeup of it. Yes, yeah, it's, it's unbelievable what what kind of times that we live. And and the more you be aware of that, the more you can do for yourself and try to do the best because you can't you can't put anything out um, of everything out. Uh, but but the way is just if if you do the step for step progressing into that direction, then every step will be have advantage for yourself, for your own health, for your for your own benefits, mm-hmm. and for your community, of course, because you can help anyone else if you're if you're sick inside or you're dying inside because of something. Right? Precise. So yeah, I see all the eighty twenty rule for people when it comes to diet. You know, eighty percent of the time focus on eating real whole food and good diverse quality food. And 20% of the time, if you want to eat fake food, because that's what it is, you know, then go ahead and eat fake food. But the more you follow that 80-20 rule, the more you're on the 20% of the time, you're going to be like, ah, you know what? Yeah, maybe I want to have some sweet or something. I'm just going to gorge on a bunch of fruit. You know, you'll more and more not want that bullshit, right? But your body, like, it it, it hijacks your dopamine reward system, right? It just, it, the sugar, the refined shit, all the stuff they put on, it's mm. designed, you know how to get you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Sean, thank you for your time. We already have a great conversation. And time flies when you're having fun, of course. Uh, I got 12 questions for my uh, for my guests. Uh, and I want to kick off with these uh, questions. And when you have time after that, we can uh, dig into some other stuff. But uh, I just want to ask you these 12 questions, of course. Um, Sean, what's your perspective of God? My perspective of God? Uh, there... I don't look at God as a being, like a, you know, a physical body with a you know, white bearded man up in the sky. Um, if it is, uh, there's a creator of all, and we are children of God, and uh, we're being guided to answer our calling. And many times I think God has come into all of us here to forget who he is and uh, for us to answer that calling and find out who we are. You know, if you think of what would be the limit of God, the all-powerful, you know, unlimitless. Well, the limit would be that there is no limit, right? It has all the power. So that would get pretty boring, I feel, at some point, right? You know, if you had everything, right? So I do feel he's coming to all of us here. We're seeds, children of God, and it's our uh, calling to, to find out who we are and answer that. So I do feel we're being guided continuously, whether it is by, you know, that one source of creation or maybe there's spirit, you know, call it guardian angels, call it spirit guides, I will suggest, you know, if you hear one of those and gets triggered, like get over this whole new age bullshit. If you look at the original church fathers of, you know, Christianity, we'll talk about specifically, they spoke about these things mm-hmm. or burn, whatnot. It's not new age, um, but it's just a difference in terminology. Even if you look at the original Aramaic, Hebrew, and Greek text writings, they're different, much different than the words we have today in scripture. Yep. So I feel for sure that we are divine and divinely supported and guided. And uh, we're here to answer that calling and to get to know who we are and in the process, live in the present moment with our open heart. Like, God, I, I guess, you know, if I had to sum it up in, in just a few words, it'd be just pure love, just unconditional pure love. Yeah, I think there's uh, something to be said on why dog is spelled, you know, God backwards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, you you got to look at Tyler, you know, fitness, uh, flat earther. I'll add on that. There's a lot of things going on with the dogs and God. Yeah, I'll add on that. Just in, I am drawn to Christ, um, but the way of Christ, I don't look at as an outside savior. That you need to believe that He was crucified and rose again for you to be saved. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying, I'm saying that didn't happen, but I believe our calling 
um, is the archetype of Christ to come into this world and pick up your cross as it's very physically challenging here and go into the, go into the desert. If you want to call it that, you know, as a metaphor and face evil, um, whatever your evil is that you're facing, you know, all the pain inside, the addictions, the consumerism, the jealousy, the anger, face that, overcome it. And in doing the process of treating this body as the holy temple as well, you will get a closer connection to God and share that truth with people. Speak truth to the partial truth that you know. We never really know the whole truth. Share that and bring a posse together just like Christ did. And in doing all this, you're carrying your cross and in speaking truth and standing strong, you're most likely going to, it's going to be heavy. It's a heavy burden. And as well, you will be, you know, in a way crucified to some degree. And just have faith, even if you were fully crucified as Christ was, have faith that this physical life is just a fraction of what we are, mm-hmm. and you will carry. That's my big belief is the calling. Like, I look at Christ, whether individual man was Jesus or not. I, that's a big question I have. I lean toward believing he was. Um, and what degree was he? Was he everything we have as literal history or is some of that misinterpreted? I'm not sure, but I feel regardless, confidently, that it is the calling to embody what Christ is all about and take yeah. that path. Amen to that. Great perspective because I got, I got feel the same because I I said it on a firmamental shout out for these guys for Raul and Alex and Claude. I said I feel like I'm copy paste Jesus. So the stories that have been written down in the Bible, they can be uh, thrown at myself. You know, mm-hmm. just like you said, forty days in the in the desert. So, so everyone has sometimes this feeling or had this feeling or are going to experience this feeling like. You're going to be wasted or alone for 40 days. What are you going to do? Who are you going to talk to? You're going to talk to your divine self, and you have to make contact with yourself. you got to love yourself to um, to be aware of you. And to, when you love yourself, that comes from that perspective, there comes a lot of other changes. But a lot of things that have been written down in the Bible are just like, if if you go through that path, this could get on your path, and... Jesus dealed it uh, on this way. So how are you going to deal with it? It's it's like a guideline through life for me. Yeah, I call it a guide for life. Even when you yeah. look at the old, right? Like it's all about, well, a good portion of the Old Testament, especially the beginning books, is about sacrifice, right? And I see that as really as pointing out to life, like this world is tough, it's challenging, and you better get in line. And you can either choose to sacrifice what's needed to answer your higher calling, or you can take the route of stealing, lying, murdering people, and you will pay the consequences of that. So you're going to pay either way. So sacrifice what you need to answer that higher calling. And, you know, looking when you dissect the story of Adam and Eve, and I feel like, well, it says, you know, they, they woke up, right, eating the fruit of good and evil. So I think, well, why, why did they cover themselves after? Because they learned, they woke up that they're vulnerable, right? They've been in this garden, protected, cared for, vulnerable. And then now they've woken up to that and know now, okay, they need to work. And you can, I can unpack that for a while. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, uh, I, I find it, I'm very interested in diving more in ancient texts and ancient civilizations and, and searching further and sharing. I love these conversations. I don't, I don't push my views on people, but I share them and I'm always open to argumentative, respectful conversations on the matter, which a lot of people can't have, you know, even yourself saying about loving yourself, that triggers a lot of, especially Christians. Um, yet they, when, when they get triggered from that, they miss the, uh, all the scripture talking about, you know, Christ is within mm-hmm. you, God is within you, treat it as a holy temple for that temple is his, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Sean, what's your perspective of the devil? Of the devil? That's a good question. Um, that's a good question. Um, part of the whole process of creation, 
um, to create this pressure cooker to have both sides, the polarity in this world. So I, I definitely line up with the uh, the scriptures when it speaks, you know, I saw God on his throne and there on his right hand was the elect angels and there on the left was his fallen, both doing the work of God, right, coming together. So the devil, that's all I'm at. I don't make assumptions on that right now. I definitely feel there is evil in this world for sure with free will and I believe it's allowed here for a reason to help everybody up and come together and build that compassion, understanding, empathy from all the trials and tribulations and facing that evil to come together. So I, uh, I think, uh, I believe no matter what, in the end, victory has been won. And uh, it, it, yeah, we'll call it the devil, serves a purpose. Again, I don't see it as a physical being. No, no, exactly. So I, I think we can always choose for the good or the bad, mm-hmm. the light or the dark. And mm-hmm. even uh, how we going to uh, treat others, you know, it could be like uh, I'm, I'm very uh, loveling for myself, but if I uh, talk to other people, I can distress them or call their names or you know just just don't be in a good way. That could be the devil for some people. You know that could trigger some people to get into alcoholism or whatever because they're gonna uh, hear that every time from from colleagues, from friends. You know they they been pushed down and stuff like that. And um, yeah, it's it's a, it's a great way to uh, to talk about these uh, subjects because uh, uh, one of the things I learned is that if you if you do it with love and respect to the other, you can have a great conversation about these topics without just like you said pushing your belief system to someone else. Like, hey, wait a minute, look at this, look at that. No, no, no. It's it's for everyone. There's an individual perspective for their plausible truth, what they think that it is. And if you respect that with love, you can have a great conversation about the, these topics and uh, you can learn from each other on that way. Yeah, absolutely. Often when it doesn't come from respect, it comes from fear. Um, two two points of fear I see. One of the biggest ones, specifically in the Christian community, is you know fear because they do love you and they fear that if you don't follow this you know word for word as they perceive it, that you will be damned in hell. And and then there's the fear, you know, the anger triggered from fear on really the uncertainty they have inside mm-hmm. so most often i see it coming from a place of love and you know but uh there's so many perspectives to be had so yeah sean what's your favorite color my favorite color you just asked me my favorite color yeah <laughs> green okay green so what's your favorite music um all over the map i'm all over the place with music yeah yeah, I got a lot. I would say probably my favorite song uh, would be, um, there's a lot of them, but I love uh, In Dreams by uh, Jack Geach, I believe it's called. I don't know that one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find that one. What's yeah, your favorite? Beautiful. Yeah, go ahead. No, it's beautiful, I said. Yeah. Okay. And and of course, uh, every human being goes through several periods in their time in, and in their life that sometimes there's a song like that or music and sometimes you listen to completely different music or a completely different song that makes me really sense on that moment, right? Um, Sean, what's your favorite uh, film or series? Hmm. Don't have one. Not looking at any... I don't watch any TV, really. No, I'll watch it. I go on, like, I'll watch YouTube. Uh, I'd say right now, favorite series, I'm really enjoying uh, Jordan Peterson's... uh, um, 2016 breakdown of uh, his psychological analysis of the Bible. He's he's great. He's great. I love to to listen to that man too, and and to watch him because he's very uh, he's Canadian, isn't he? Yeah, Alberta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to talk to a fellow Canadian next week, and you know him. 
Alex Pauls is going to be on the show, ladies and gentlemen. I read a firmamental. Um, Sean, what's your favorite book? Favorite book? I got so many. Um, I would say I'm normally I normally like reading physical books, um, but this book that I'll recommend, um, ten out of ten, recommend on audiobook, um, "Outwitting the Devil" by Napoleon Hill. I'd say that, yeah, hands down, that's my favorite book on audiobook. Why why I reference it on audiobook is because the they take actually. Um, really embody the two characters, um, Napoleon Hill, the voice of Napoleon Hill, and then the devil. It's like a podcast with the two. And I've listened to that probably almost 20 times. And every time I listen to it, it um, as I, you know, further journey into my awakening and my enlightenment, if we want to call it that, I, I hear it on a different message. And it's spoken to, it's spoken to me, right? Well, the first time I listened to it, and then I listened to it another time, like, wow. You know, as I've been showing something else from God, I'm like, this guy knows what I've been showing, and he delivers it in a way that speaks to you at each awakening process that you're at. It is, uh, yeah, it's a beautiful piece. Wow. I was thinking now about a thing you grow rich because it's also yeah. from yeah. the but, but this is yeah. a good one to dive into too. All right. Uh, what's your favorite uh, drink or beverage? Yeah, kombucha. Kombucha. With the fire and stuff like that. Well, you have to be careful with your beer, though, then. No, kombucha? No, no fire. No, no, kombucha. Kombucha. No? Like, what about the sambuca? Oh, yeah, no, no, sambuca. I don't drink alcohol anymore. I've been sober for a few years. Um, uh, no, yeah, kombucha. Um, it's uh, fermented. Uh, yeah, it's got a scoby, um, like a living organism, and you ferment uh, cane sugar and, uh, okay. yeah, and uh, different teas in there. Yeah. I was thinking completely different level. I'm sorry for that. <laughs> What's your favorite food, uh, Sean? Uh, probably just steak, potatoes. Steak and potatoes and corn on the cob. That'll do the trick. Uh, what's your favorite clothing you wear uh, that, that you like to wear? Uh, my buddy's uh, uh, official patriot. And what's your favorite holiday destination? Uh Favorite holiday destination? <clears throat> All over. Don't have a favorite one, my man. Okay. You been ever ever to Europe? No, not yet. No, not Europe's yet. on the. Oh, yeah, it's all. Can hang around. Yeah, yeah. A lot down south. Europe is on the list. Yeah, I haven't traveled as much as I'd like to. Probably only about maybe ten trips. Trips, yeah. Okay, last two questions, Sean. What's your favorite quote? Favorite quote. Oh, that's a tough one. There's so many. There's so many. Huh. I can't answer that. I can't. I got, uh, I got, you know what? Uh, one that comes to mind, I can't even uh, paraphrase it, reference it in whole, but uh, by, um, by Roosevelt, uh, the man in the arena. Otherwise, you're going to see it popping up on your Instagram because you you love to post, uh, post some great quotes. I saw that yeah. already. There's so many of them. I don't have a, a one that yeah, pops okay. And a last question, Sean, and then I really, really thank you for your time and your energy to hop on this uh, podcast with uh, with me. Uh, and uh, well, last question: What's your life's motto? My life's motto: uh, Choose to live in a beautiful state, and your heart open, living in the present moment, answering your higher calling. Very, very nice one to uh, to end this beautiful podcast. Thank you for uh, for hopping on this organized production, Sean. 
Uh, I had a great time. Just like, you know, one hour just been so fast. And what's what's time in, in perspective anyway, right? Mm. And uh, for the listeners, thank you very much for listening to another episode with uh, Sean Zimmer this time from Canada, the, uh, the, the Viking from Canada, the Canadian Viking. And uh, for all your listeners there at home, have a beautiful morning, a beautiful day, or beautiful evening, no matter where you are on this beautiful planet. Thank you, Sean. Thanks for having me, Rob. I'm running for all my life with the devil on my heels. He wasn't always kind. He couldn't fulfill my dreams I've been running for all my life With the devil on my heels He wasn't always kind And he couldn't fulfill my dreams He's a pain in the ass Black as a night God, show me the light He's a pain in the ass Fulfill my dreams He's a pain in the ass Black as a night God, show me the light And hold me tight